Uh, last time I spoke about the Orishan, it's a very important Shia. Um, we see the whole development of the Orishan. <clears throat> because in the end, that's the main idea of the Mashiach. <clears throat> you know, because remember, uh, which uh, you have to remember, <clears throat> when we speak about Geul or redemption or liberation, whatever, freedom, it's freedom from several ideas, not just one. It's freedom from physical bondage, so to speak, which is the physical Golos. You know, it's the fact that the Jews are in Golos. And you have to understand what Golos really is. Most people do not understand what Golos is. Golos is not when we are under somebody's dominion. That's what it looks that way, you know. <clears throat> and of course, the worse the dominion, uh, the greater the Golos. That, of course, is Golos, but that's not the essential idea of Golos. The essential idea of Golos is <clears throat> that you cannot be what you can be. That's what it really is. Is that you're not free to develop your potential. Because if you're in an environment, right, in a place <clears throat> that either persecutes you, you know, or makes you suffer, whatever, right? Or even if, even if, uh, uh, if they allow you freedom, but if they're filled with materialism and so on, and you're f you live there because you're where else you can live and so on, you're in Golas. Why? Because you cannot develop your spiritual potential. That's really what Golas is. It's not just the uh, domination of a country or an empire, whatever it is. It's a fact that you cannot be what you could be. I always love the, I think it's the army or is it the marines? I'm not sure. I think it's the army. Where their slogan is, be all you can be. Boy, did they hit it on the button, you know? What they're really saying is that <clears throat> we will set you out of Golis. That's what they're really saying, you know? <clears throat> but that's an important idea. Golis is the inability to activate or fulfill your potential. That's Golis. The way it's done, of course, is when you are environments that either persecute you, they afflict you, right? Or they are incredibly steeped in materialism, and therefore, you know, the eight Sahara bangs on the door and so on. That's why you're not making it, because uh, you shouldn't be in that environment in the first place. That's really what Golos is. That's an important, it's a very important idea, and so on. <clears throat> um, so, <clears throat> what I want to speak about in this context, oh, so therefore, so the Orishan is that liberation. The Orishan simply means that all of a sudden there comes a time when you're free, you're liberated. You now can be what you can be. You see, because the whole environment, the climate changes, where there's a Mashiach and there's Ruchnius, and now you can develop into really being a tremendous person. That's really what he does. He liberates you, he removes the gullus, which means he provides an environment where you can mamish grow, flourish, thrive in an environment that you can be a tremendous tzaddik or kodosh, holy man or whatever. And if you, want to, if you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. But at least you can do it if you want. The potential is now able to be actualized. That's the essential idea of the Mashiach. Okay, and of course to remove the physical constraints and of course to develop and allow and even bring uh, the uh, spiritual environment. That's really what he does. So there's, a gula means two things, to remove you from the physical constraints, which are the nations of the world, 
and to allow you to really flourish and thrive in a tremendous spiritual environment. That's the real concept of the Orishan messianic light, and that's how he does it. You know, by revealing that messianic light, everything else just falls away because that's the emes, that's the truth. Okay, because you have to remember, the real disease that mankind suffers from is ignorance. That's why they don't see that there's a spiritual dimension. They think that they are the great gift to mankind, and therefore they do whatever they want. They destroy your ability really to pursue. If you want to be spiritual, they destroy it, you see. So what the Mashiach does is he removes ignorance. He, he displays the real reality. And when people see reality, then you see all the promises that the Nevi'im say. The wolf will dwell with the land, and they will no longer uh, make uh, swords. They will turn their swords into plowshares. The famous Yashaya, uh, you know, and so on. Why? Because ignorance is removed. They see there's a ruchnistic reality, a spiritual reality, and now you can grow. It's really what he does in its simplest uh, essential idea or form. Good. So that was last week. What I want to do this week, you know, I only have three more lectures before I'm out of here. Terrence is thrilled, you know. So I really have to finish the current events in three lectures, you know. So uh, in this year, I'm going to now go into something which I only spoke about generally. Um, and that is, if Trump wins, which I believe he will, what is the Hashkofa significance specifically for his winning? Before that, I only spoke generally, you know, and so on, uh, about the fact that Edom or Esav will have a tahara, and I wanted to why, a purification. But I want to be much more specific, so you know clearly what this means, if he wins, which I believe he will, and so on. And as you will see, you know, from, from the Shir itself. Okay? So we're now going to really delve into what is really happening um, um, from a Hashkofa standpoint between the election of Trump and Hillary? What's really happening? The first thing, <clears throat> we see some from various Chazal, the Rabbonim, the rabbis, that Esau ultimately will have a Tahara. He will have a purification. In other words, Esau, who is Edoim, uh, who is Rome, who is Christianity, who is Western civilization. And we know, as I said before, that Esau is divided into three parts. There's the gaiva, the arrogance, which is communism, Russia. And then there is a, the uh, mirma, the fraud, the imposter, which is Europe, of Esau. And then there is the taiva, the pleasure, is, of course, America. That's why you have three parts of Western civilization because Esav had three fundamental characteristics, as we see in the Torah. Important. We also know from what I said before... Oh, okay. You're beginning to see. Good. But uh, it's more, much more than that, but uh, I'm going to speak, okay? Uh, we also know that Esav, or Edom, um, is, uh, is the toiv... I, I should say America is the toiv shebe Esav. Because Esav had a very good part to him. It wasn't, I mean, he was pretty bad, let's put it this way. The Torah calls him Esav Harosha. I mean, you know, obviously it's pretty bad. If God calls you a Russia, and then I think it's in the, where is it, which Navi was it, Novadia? Where he says, if Esav Sunesi, I hated Esav. I mean, that's bad news for you if he hates you, you know. 
But in any case, but there is a good part to Esav because we know Esav was exemplary, greater than all <coughs> the Tanoim in Kibbutz of Aim. It was incredible. I once mentioned that even Ramshim Gamliel said, it's interesting what he said, that I am the greatest in Kibbutz of Aim in honoring your father and mother. That's what he said, you know. But I found my uncle Esav, he was greater than I, which is amazing. It wasn't the Shem Shemayim, No, it was. It's not about Shem He did what the Torah says. You need to honor your father and mother. Yeah, I'm not saying it was the Shem in that sense. But in the end, he did do it. I mean, that's what he did, you know. And uh, so the, the uh, Chazal give an example of what that means. It says before he used to visit his father or go in to see his father, he used to change his clothing and put on his big day yomtuf, whatever they had then, right? It means his finery. And you go to a wedding, right? Every time he went in to see his father, he changed into his wedding suit, right? Well, who does that today, you know? Most people, they go into the father and say, hey, old man, get out of this chair. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People, you know, they, 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 we don't have the same, you know, people don't have the same respect that they used to. But Asa was incredible. You can imagine what he's keeping over him. In fact, it was so bad that, that that's why Yaakov was incredibly afraid of Esav. When it says that Yaakov was going to meet Esav, right? It says, Vayira Yaakov Me'oid, and Yaakov was petrified to meet Esav, his brother. Why? I, God, promised him when he was on his way to Lovan that he would, you know, he would be successful and so on. And God said, I will be with you. So the Gemara says, Shema Yigrum Achet. You, can be, you know, God can say one thing, but if you sin, you know, uh, that thing can be taken away in a, in a certain sense, you know. But the real problem and, uh, that uh, he was afraid, it's brought down in the Targum, in the, the Aramaic translation, that he was afraid of uh, because of the Kibbutz of Esav. Definitely, tremendously afraid, because that was an incredible schus. And we suffer because of that, the Kibbutz of Aim that Esav had, which is a tremendous schus. In any case, so America is that Toif Shebeisav. And I always meant, like to mention, that's why America is the only nation, basically, has Mother and Father's Day. Where'd that come up from, right? Well, Mother and Father's Day is keep it over aim, you know, and so on, you know. But America has a, a lot of also, as I mentioned, a lot of schools. Their foreign aid is incredible. And also they sponsor terror. They, you know, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of Lakewood is, uh, is on Section 8 or whatever, food stamps and so on. That's, that's a sponsoring of terror. You know, they, they actually, people learn Torah because of the America's magnanim, magnanimity, whatever, right? Largesse of chesed to Jews. Not only do they allow you to learn, they give you money to learn. That's a million which I, I talked about uh, that in Japan and so on and so forth. Anyway, uh, so therefore, Asaph will have a tahara. I should say specifically, America will have a tahara. Okay, and you find Chazals say that. Let's take a look at some of the Chazals, which is very interesting. First one is uh, what you mentioned, that it says ultimately, you know, the Chazir, the pig, is treif. Why? Because a, tr a pig has uh, cleft uh, hooves, right, split hooves, but it doesn't chew its cud. And you have to have both to be a kosher animal. So the old thing is the, ch the Chazir says, you see, I'm kosher, which of course is the old impasta. You know, yeah, I'm kosher. See the outside, you know. Inside, I'm really trafe. Outside, I'm fine. You know, that's classic Asaph, which is the concept of it being an imposter. So it says that in the end of time, the chazah will be kosher. So for those who always wanted to taste bacon and eggs, 
or pork, whatever that is, you'll get your chance. You know, that's interesting. Why? Because the chaza represents Esau. And therefore, if the chaza is going to be kosher, kosher, that means that the nation it represents has to be kosher, tahara. That means the sins of Esau will be removed. So we see one chazal that's clear that Esau will have a tahara. We see that clearly, you know, because of this chazal. Second idea. <coughs> oh, wait, 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 don't jump. Don't, well, I'll get there. Wait. Um, yeah. The second thing, which is also very important, you know, when, eight, when Yaakov was the one got, when, when the Yaakov died and they brought him to Morasam Achpelo, right? So uh, Esau came and said, Excuse me, I mean, who, says, who says he gets buried in Morasam Achpelo? I'm also a descendant of uh, Yitzchok. You know, I want to get there. So there was, <clears throat> there's different differences, but uh, the main medrash is that Hushim ben Don, who was deaf, uh, he didn't hear what was going on, so he couldn't believe what's going on. He says, this guy is stopping, it's a bizoyin to Yaakov Avinu, he's lying there, and th because this guy is saying, hey, you can't, you can't uh, give him the grave. The guy, he was saying, it's his grave. So Hushim ben Don didn't know any, uh, any uh, chokmas, you know, he took a sword, but it says he couldn't, he could, and he just lopped off his head, just cut off Esau's head. But it's fun. It's interesting where it says that he couldn't cut off Esau's head from the front, because Esau looked like Yaakov. It's really interesting. It shows you how much he resembled Yaakov Avino. They're twins, but they, obviously they really looked alike, you know, and so on. So he had to go to the back of Esau and then just cut off his head. So what happened to his head? So obviously the body fell, right? And the head rolled and rolled and fell into the grave with Yaakov Avinu. So the head is with Yaakov Avinu. What, what, what does that mean? Because it means that the head of Esau, which is the Chochmah, that there's part of Esau which is good, which is toiv, and that's the head, you know. But the body of Esau, which is all the taiva and everything else, that was put outside the Morosah I think they buried it in a field somewhere, you know. But the head rolled into the kever and it lies at Yaakov's feet. Which is interesting, you know. Uh, the, the Yaakov is Yud Yaakov Akev, and it lies Mamashad is Akev, which is interesting. But the Chazal, what that, what that Chazal shows you, is that Esav, part of Esav is good, and not only was it good, it is buried in the Machpela. I mean, you know, I mean, if a guy wants to be buried anywhere, that's the place. You have the four zugos, the four pairs, you know. Odom uh, and Chava, you have uh, Avram and Sarah, uh, Yitzchok and Rivka, and then you have Yaakov and Leah. Rachel, we, that's a different story and so on, you know. But, um, so therefore, Esau's head is buried about, uh, in the same place as the office. So that tells you that there's something about Esau that's tall, that's good, that's toiv, you see. Now, I will add my own interpretation, okay, that it means that the head of Esau means the, that nation that represents the head will it will be toiv, okay? What does the head do? What's the function of the head? It leads the body. The head is in charge, right? Without a head, you ain't going anywhere for many reasons, right? <laughs> but with a head, right? The head is the organ, or rather, I should say, the structure that is the leader of the body. The brain controls everything. 
You see? So I'm interpreting it that who is the head of Esau? Among these three parts of Esau, right? Who is the head? America. So therefore, I'm interpreting that America will ultimately be Toho. That's the head. America is the leader of the world. There's no question about that, right? It's the greatest nation on earth. It is the leader. And whatever America does, that's what the world does. You see? What's that? I'm going to get into that. Didn't you say Russia can also... Yes. Yeah. Not that Russia will become great, but it will not defy America when the vote, when all of a sudden... So he's neutralizing the enemies of Israel, so uh, they will not defy when Iran attacks. America will stand behind, uh, what's his name, uh, Israel, and Putin will not defy him. Even though he makes strange moves, he's supporting Iran, but that's because of self-interest. Doesn't mean he loves Iran and, and so on. But uh, self-interest can change overnight. We all know that. You know, all of a sudden, your friends today, your enemies tomorrow, this goes on all the time. It'll make a difference, but as I mentioned a couple of shun back, Putin is an unusual guy who has a real soft spot for Israel. In any case, okay. So we have that that concept of Esau's head in the Nimaras uh, Machpelo, right? Then um, there's, a, there's, a, um, there's a chazal, it's an incredible chazal. It says Esau is in Ghanadin. And all of a sudden, he sneaks to a higher position in Ghanaian. It's man. I, I think it's Gemara even. But he it's starts in He's in Ghanaian, right? He's in, that's what it says. He's in. I, I, I'll get this source. But How do you get to Oh, what's he doing in in the first place, right? But he's in Ghanaian. Except you know, Asaph is the wily guy, right? So he's sneaking up to get to a higher seat. You know, whatever, whatever the seats are in Ghanaian, right? So it says that the Russian comes over and says, "Excuse me, what are you doing here?" You don't belong in this seat. Get back to where you were down there, whatever, right? That's, that's the chazal, you know? So the question is, excuse me, what's he doing in Gan Eden? How did Esau get in Gan Eden? If it's referring to Antoninus, that's what the Gilgal of him? What, no, no, it, it, it says Esau, right? Or Antoninus was, hold on to Antoninus, it's an interesting idea, but, right? And the answer is because part of Esau becomes Tohor. <clears throat> that aspect of Esau that has a tahara, right, belongs in Gan Eden. That's what it is, you see. That's another proof that Esav will be in Gan Eden, which means he will be in Olam Habo, because once you're in Gan Eden, you get to Olam Habo, you see. So that's proof that Esav will be in Gan Eden, Olam Habo. But how could that be? Because it, yeah, it can only be because Esav, whatever part, has to have a tahara. It's clear proof. Each one of these chazals are proof. Okay? But then I'll bring you the ultimate proof. Well, whatever it means, it does you know, obviously it's not clear, but mm. however how does he wind up, wiggles his way into a higher position. Mm. You know, you know, obviously these you know, you have to they don't mean literally, but the fact that he's in Ghanaian is literal. Mm. But how he wiggles his way up to the you know, to a higher position you know, of course, we don't know what Gan Eden is. We don't know where it is. Maybe we do know where it is. But, you know, and, and so on, you know. Anyway, but then there's the ultimate proof, which is in the Yalkut Ruveni, which I found, which is uh, incredible proof that Esav uh, will have his Tahara. 
it says that in in in, in the end, this is, this is in Yalka Ishayohu, which I think is part of Yalkut, um or oh, whatever, and so on. Anyway, it says there that the Rosh is going to take all the sins of the Jewish people and throw it on Esav. Throw it on Esav. Which will mean that ultimately he will say, you're the cause of all their sins. Because of what you did to them, the climate you provided, the, the provocation, you name it, right? And so on. So Esav is going to say to the Rabbi Shalom, basically, I, 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 with what can I hold, can I do this, hold on to this? I can't bear this. It's like what Cain said, when, remember when the Rosh said, where's your brother? He says, am I my brother's keeper? So Rosh says, what are you talking about? The blood of your brother is crying to me from the ground. So Cain did tshuva. He says, God love him inside. My sin is greater than I can bear. So what was the tshuva? Because he said, my sin. <clears throat> That's the tshuva. He said, God He didn't say, hey, he gave me something which I can't tolerate. He said, my sin is greater, which means he admitted that he was wrong. And the Rosham, all he needs is a Pesach for your tshuva. And he's already halfway there with you, you know? So therefore, he was much gentler to Cain, where you put a simon and you can't kill Cain, whatever. So Asaph says to Moshlam that I, I can't bear this. With what, with what do I have that I can bear this? You know, which means that, hey, listen, you know, you're right and I'm finished. But I, I can't do this. Which he's really saying is, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to have Rachmanus or whatever. That was a tshuva. So Moshlam did an interesting thing. He took the Avonis, which was in Asaph himself, and he put it on his garments. And the garment turned red. So in a certain, what that means uh, is that in some way he mitigated or he softened the judgment against Esau. So it's no longer on the Esau himself, it's on his garments. And the garments we know can be taken off. You know, they're now movable, you know, they're removed. And therefore you're okay. You just take, it off the, you take off the dirty clothing and put on some new stuff, right? So that's what it says. But then it says it's something more outstanding. It says, then the Rabbanishim, what the Rabbanishim did for Esau, is he took those garments which are red, and he made them as white as snow. Tahara. Isn't that what we say by Yom Kippur? Kasheled Yalbinu, that he will you know, take our sins and make it as white as snow. That's mamish what he does to Esau. That's out now. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, exa- whatever it is, it's a kapara. I mean, it's a true kapara. You know? How is Esau Zuchot such a kapara? It, it does, that's the message. It doesn't say anything more than that. But that's astounding that he's going to take his averus and make it white as snow. And that's what we say. You know, we they should take the, our, our sins and make it white. That clearly indicates that in the end, Esau will be toho. No sins. That's how he gets into Gan Eden, by the way. Right? But that's a tremendous medrash. You also find right in the same <coughs> medrash where it's also amazing. It says Sedoim and Amora, will be misrapen, misrapen. They'll be cured. It's another incredible statement. You know, I mean, clearly the Rosh has a different agenda. There are ways he does it and so on. Okay, but what you see from all these medrashim is that there will be a tahar of Esav. You see, that question is when, not if, but when. So we now know that. Esav Horosha, the Toiv Shebe Esav, will have a Tahara, will have a purification. And he'll get into Gan Eden. That's claw from all these <coughs> Midrashim, Chazal 4, that I just brought down.
So that concept, in many ways, is indisputable. What does this mean, Apiashkofo? What tahara will he have? Now, until now, I've been saying, basically, that tahara's sins will be forgiven, right? But it's much deeper than that. And you have to hear this very important concept, which answers different questions, which in many ways is an unknown concept, which is very interesting. Then you'll understand what this means and what's about to, what I think is about to happen to America. <clears throat> Yaakov and Esav, they're fighting around in, in, uh, by Rivka, you know, in, in her uterus, right? They're battling it all, right? And she goes, she doesn't know what's going on, she, and she goes to the uh, uh, Shembeva, whatever, and he gives her a whole, he, whatever, which was obviously with the VM, they gave her a whole prophecy and so on that, uh, that uh, Ravia, that, you know, that Shnei Goim Bivetnech. There are two nations in your, in your right, uh, and so on. And shnei goim nech means the two nations means that there's an equality here, you see. So what will be the ultimate thing? The ultimate thing will be what that rav yavoit soya, the older will serve the younger, right? Uh, rav yavoit soya is really the end. One nation will be always greater than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Okay. What does that mean? The older will serve the younger. You know what Rivka should have, or what Shem Baby should have said. The older one, hey, it's not do with the younger one. What do you mean he will serve the younger? That means that Yaakov and Esav have a connection, where Esav serves Yaakov. You know what he she should have said is that you know one's going to go one way and the other guy's going to go the other way. You know so what is, what's what's a serving, right? So what they're telling Rivka is a very profound idea. There are two guys that you're carrying, okay? And by the way, I gave a share a long time ago, right? That Asaph was born, he was really an of. There are really four of us, if you remember. And there are four Imoas. Most people don't know that, okay? The old question is why there are four Imoas, right? Matriarchs, right? And there's only three of us. And the answer is there are four of us. What? There are really four of us. I have I have uh, seventeen cassettes on this, which is now on. You put it right. It's not. It's there. It's on the internet. It's on TorahThinking.com. Seventeen tapes, which is twenty-five hours on Yaakov and Esav, three parshas. Uh, three parshas. You know, uh, told us and uh, all the way till the end of the Chumash and so on. Anyway, but that that's the bottom line. What does that mean? Because Avram Avinu was an Av, obviously. He represents Chesed. Yitzchok was an Av, patriarch. He represents Gvura, right, which is the left side. And the middle is Ferris. But the middle has two parts. There's the right side of the middle and the left side of the middle. So the right side of the middle was represented by Yaakov. <coughs> and the left side of the middle was represented by Esav. So really, there are four of us. Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Esau. But since they're both in the Midah, the characteristic or the sphera of Tferis, therefore they're twins, because they're both in the same sphera. That's why they're twins. The problem was, we know, that Esau became a Russia, 
So therefore, he left a vacuum on the left side of Tferis. You see, he really was an Ov. In fact, the, 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 the Medrash says that, it's an incredible Medrash, where you see that if Esau had not become a Russia, which I once mentioned, Yaakov was supposed to have six Shvatim, and Esau was supposed to have six Shvatim. Wow. You know? Uh, so what do we see? That Yaakov and Esau are fundamental parts of the Tikkun process. Both of them have to do the Tikkun. What? Wait, I can get that, right? That was the original plan. Because Teferis is right and left. There's a right side and there's a left side of Teferis. Because the middle has some ingredients of the Recheset and some ingredients of the left. One guy, you know, one guy can be completely in one thing, but one guy has two different characteristics, you know, it's going to split the guy in half. It's called a multiple personality. What? Oh, so what happened? So therefore, but the important thing, get this, is that Esav was originally an of, a patriarch, as great as Yaakov Avinu. In fact, there's a, a region called the Paneach Rozo that says that who is greater, Yaakov or Esav? He says that Esav was greater than Yaakov because he had a much more difficult job. How do we know? Because if you add the gematria of Yaakov with a vav, right, it's one half of Esav. The gematria of Esav is twice that of Yaakov. Exactly. So he says, therefore, the, the Bechino, the category of Esav, was greater than Yaakov. Because Yaakov was in the Torah. Esav was into fighting the Sultan, to destroy the Sultan. Much harder job. Anyway. But what comes out of all this is what? That they're both involved in the Tikkun process. Correct? That's what you see. So, and he, and, right? so the, the idea is that even though Asa became a Russia and he was replaced with who? With Yosef. Because Yosef is a Chatziov. That's really what it is. Because now Yaakov, what happened? Yaakov had to do his position, which is right side of Tveris. And he also, Yaakov took over the job of Esav. But he could only take over, if you remember the Shir, half the job of Esav. And Yosef took the other half. That's why you need Yaakov and Yosef to compete with Esav, you see. So therefore, what we see here is that even though Yosef, or I should say, even though Esav became a Russia and he went out of the whole Pasha, he didn't. He did not go out of the Pasha of Tikkun, you see. People think he went out of the Pasha of Tikkun. He didn't. He's still in it. How? Got it? That's the question. So there's a Murdig Medrash, and that's a <coughs> tremendous, profound idea. The Medrash says like this. It says in the Torah, the Yirav Yavoy Tzoyer, and the older will serve the younger. Yes? So that means that Esav, right, will serve the younger, right? Because the first Esav has to serve the younger because the main thing is Yaakov in terms of the Torah. That's his mm -hmm. function. But Esav will serve by destroying the Sultan and the whole side of evil. Fine. But the Medrash says that in the Torah there's no Esav. So you can read two ways. Rav Yavoy Tzoyer. The older will serve the younger, or Rav Yaaved Tzoyer, he will afflict the younger. It's a medrash. You see? That means, so, and either way, he will serve the old the Yaakov. Whether he, whether he assists Yaakov, which means that Esav remains an of, except his job is to destroy the Sultan, or he doesn't assist Yaakov that way, he will assist him in another way by subjecting Yaakov to Yisurin, 
And if you remember, that was method C for the Tikkun. Method A is mitzvahs. <coughs> method B is tshuva. Method C is yisurim. Yisurim is not really a Tikkun device in as much as it's, progress, it's progressing the, the, the agenda. It's really just fixing what happened. No, but Yisun does do Tikkun. It does a Tikkun. I'm not going into how it does it, but it does. So therefore, what the Medrash is saying, an incredible concept. There's Ya'avoid and Ya'aved. Either way, Esav is going to do it. But wait a minute. I understand if it's Ya'avoid, he's going to serve the younger, means he'll do the Tikkun, or the obvious way. But Ya'aved, he does the Tikkun, the answer is yes. Because like, if Yaakov deserves punishment because he sins, then Esav will Ya'aved, he will be the one that makes Yaakov suffer, and as a result of that, the Tikkun of the Bria of the creation will be done. What an incredible medrash. Uh, what does that show you? That Esav is still doing the job of Tikkun. Except he shifted his roles from Ya'avoid to serve the younger, to, to afflict the younger, to persecute or punish the younger. But it's the same. But that concept means that Esav, who's the Bechor, right, is still doing part of the Tikkun. That's a very critical idea which most people don't recognize. And that's why you find a tremendous Rambam. Rambam says, right, that Christianity is going to do a tremendous job of toiv. It's going to bring the belief, Christianity, it's going to bring the belief, because mankind was pagan, it's going to bring the belief of what? Of a redemption, a geula, and a redeemer, a Mashiach. And the concept basically of one God or the chief God, even though they had another two going on, right? Even they believe that God is really in the end, he's the Ika. Many Christians only pray to God, by the way. I don't know if you know that. They don't even bother with the other guy, you know? It's, it's, like, it's like, you know, if you have connections, what do I have to do with the son? What do I need a broker for? I go straight to the boss. Uh, but, but, so the question is, wait a minute, why is Christianity doing this? What kind of job is that? And the answer is because, as I said, Esav is Edom, Edom is Rome, Rome became Christianity, there you are, and Christianity is, uh, is, the, uh, is the Western civilization, three parts. So therefore, it's a tremendous understanding now why the Ramam says that, because Esav is still part of the Tikkun, and therefore, what's the Tikkun? To bring the belief, the Jews were not Zerchah to do that, because of the, the Chorban bias, the base of Middash was destroyed, so Banshim said, you're not going to do that job. Christianity, Esau, will do the job of bringing mankind the truth of a geula, redemption, a Moshiach, a Messiah, and the concept basically of one God against polytheism, which is it's paganism. Distorted, but still good yeah, yeah, it, 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 of course it is. But the concept that the world does have a redeemer. See, but till now the world doesn't have a redeemer. It's going to go like this all the time. But that there is an end. And the end is good, it's a redemption. And there is a redeemer, a Mashiach. Okay, they picked the wrong guy. I mean, whatever, you know, you know, mm-hmm. it's in the, you, you don't expect me. Yeah. But they don't realize the mistake that, they, that their parents gave them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that they certainly, you know. Sure. But I'm just saying, why were they picked 2,000 years ago? And the answer is because it's still part of the Tikkun process. Most people don't realize, hey, so forget about it. You know, Christian told that. It's true. However, they still have the job of Tikkun because Yahweh, that's what it is. Now you begin to understand something very important. Wait a minute. If Esav has the job of serving the younger, right? Either way, through assisting him to do mitzvahs, 
which is what America does, right? Now you begin to see what that is. America's really doing the job of Esau. To whatever extent it does, you know. And, and America also is Yaved, because they keep screaming for a two-state two solution. They do it, they're doing both at the same time. But they're still doing stuff which is good. And one of them is they sponsor terror, which is incredible. Therefore, we now understand something very important, that Esau has Yaved, and Yaved, he does the Tikkun, and that's why he's in Gan Eden. The question is, is there a shift? Is Esav going to go from Ya'aved to Ya'avoid? That is the question. Because really for 2,000 years, he, he's been doing some Ya'avoid by redeem and redemption. But is he going to switch from this Christian pogroms, inquisitions, pogroms, expulsions, and all this kind of stuff? And the answer is yes. That's the Tahara. Now you understand what the Tahara is. The Tahara is that Esau will go from Ya'avoid, ya, from Ya'avoid to Ya'avoid. Now I'm being very specific. Till now I just said Tahara, so it sounds like God's going to, you know, his sins. No. He's going to switch from the old job, which is to persecute, to afflict, right? And to harm Ya'avoid. He's going to go back to what he was doing primarily, which is Ya'avoid. Helping Yaakov do the job. What was that? To a certain, yes. But America still, with Obama, it's still, they want two-state solution. It's not just Obama, it's Bush, Clinton. They're all, you know, they, they're all terrible what they did with Israel. They allowed the Arabs to dis kill Jews left and right, and they're screaming two-state, when everybody knows a two-state solution is the end of Israel. You know? If you gave them Gaza and they'll go crazy, you give them, uh, what do you call it, uh, you know, part of Israel, forget about it. They're going to attack Israel, destroy it from within. Everybody knows that. So how dare they give an example or advice? They know what's going to happen. Every think tank about the Middle East knows what's going to happen if you give the Arabs a sec, a part of Israel. They all know. So then why is they saying that? What kind of, what kind of an evil dominates their thinking? And the answer is because they don't care, because that's part of anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism used to be to burn the, to burn, burn the Jews down, you know. Now it's a side with the Arabs and make them give up half their land, so now the Arabs will destroy them. It's just another form of anti-Semitism, that's all. Speaking of the Arabs, Yishmael doesn't have a tower? Oh, wait, wait. Well, Yishmael is different than Esau. Esau is easy, which I'll, which I'll get to, you know. But the main idea... But the main idea is that the Tower of Esau really means that he will go from Ya'aved to Ya'avoid. And that's why he gets Ganeden. You see. So the question <coughs> is... The question is, when will this happen? And now we understand what's happening. You know, what I believe is the one who's going to switch from Yahweh to Yahweh is Donald Trump. You notice what he says? What does he say? We'll make America great. If you hear his speeches in the last week, wow, he wants to, he wants to really make America great again economically. It's not just the money. You know, um, he's what he says. I believe he, what he says he's going to do. 
He wants to make equality to all citizens, whether it be black, Asian, Christian, Jewish, Muslim. Yeah, he's be careful about Muslims. He has to. Because you see what's going on in the world? They're blowing Europe up all over the place. Of course he has to have extreme to vet them. What is it called, extreme? Prejudice? No, vetting. Of course he has to vet them. Of course. It's not that he's against Muslims. People are stupid. What are you talking about? He's not against Muslims. But, but they're coming. They're, they're killing Europe. They're bombing everywhere. So of course you have to vet them. He didn't say that he's against Muslims per se. But you have to stop. You have to not let them in from countries that have all this going on. It's simple what he's saying. But forget about the agenda of the left and the media and Hillary and Obama, whatever and so on, you know? It's obvious. But what he wants to basically do, and he says, and I believe he will do it, you know, is that he will make America great, which means not only economically, it means getting tough with all the reshoim in farm, foreign countries, you know? It's like when the cat's away, the mice will play. He's the cat that's about to come back into the nation, the world, and say, excuse me, what are you doing? Why are you killing people? He's gonna, he, it's like he's gonna put the America back on the police beat. That's what he's gonna do. He's not gonna, he's not gonna tolerate any nonsense, you see. <clears throat> so it's not just America. He's gonna now enforce the law, and he says law and order in America. I mean, everything he says is incredibly logic, and I believe he will keep to that. What does that sound like? And I, I guarantee you, right? Uh, his son-in-law, Kushner, whatever his name is, Kushner, yeah, he's Jewish. He's re religious. Ivanka is certainly religious. She, she converted she, she from, you know. Jason Greenblatt, I think his name is, is his major counsel. The guy's an Orthodox Jew. He knows Jews. He hangs around with them. Real and I, I, real estate, I, I told you why the, the, the whole, the, you know, the whole. So why uh, does she have such a big following? Wait, 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 wait. Five, five, five. Wait, 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 wait. Don't jump. Got to keep it simple. Therefore, I believe he will turn America from Yahweh to Yahweh. Because everything he says indicates that. He's going to really be a tremendous president in the United States. Tremendous. Really equality, prosperity, and peace with law and order. He's going to stand up to all the nations of the world. He's going to side with Israel when he realizes that they cannot make peace with Israel, as I've said before, because it's theologically impossible. All the ideas I gave in the previous Shurim and so on. That's the Tahar of America. You now, un what it, you now understand what it is, okay? Specifically what it is. See? And that's why I believe, remember I said that the Gematria of Donald Trump is Gematria Mashiach Ben David? You know what that means? Do you know what that means? That his name is a Gematria? Of course, that means he's Mashiach Ben David. Let's forget that, right? That, that's out. But you don't realize something. Somebody who will turn a nation completely diametrically opposite is a messiah for them. Yes. He, I believe, is the Mashiach of Edom. Isn't that interesting? Because think about it. What does the Mashiach do? Right? He turns a nation basically that's going awry. I mean, it's, it's collapsing with the evil and the immorality. He turns it around. That's a messiah, especially if it's incredibly significant. Do you know who the Mashiach of the Sultan is? He had a messiah. Do you know who that is? Who is the messiah of Amalek? 
Hitler, yes. Do you know Hitler was a Mashiach? He, a Mashiach is nothing more than an anointed one, right, that completely reverses the order of something. And Hitler, right, was the Mashiach of Amalek. But that's really, he had the koich of a Mashiach. You couldn't stop this guy. What does that sound like? In other words, what, the, what, 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 what he was is he was the greatest agent of the Sultan that the world has ever seen. He was a pure Amalek. He hated the Jews viscerally. That's a Mashiach. And he turned the entire Germany and half of Europe into hating the Jews. In other words, he made such a significant alteration in the muzzle of Jews. That's a Mashiach. But it's a Mashiach of the Sultan. Sounds funny. He's a Messiah, you know. But that's who he really was. He was a Messiah of evil. Trump, I believe, is the Messiah of Edom, of Esau. And therefore, he will take them from Ya'aved to Ya'avoid. From someone who afflicts Chai Israel to somebody who will assist them. And believe me, he's going to be fabulous with the Jewish people. Like I said, he knows them. Real estate, that's why he's in real estate, I said, because there's so many Jews in real estate. All the ideas, you know. And Ivanka and his brother-in-law, not brother-in-law, and his son-in-law and his, his uh, chief financial, uh, chief uh, legal counsel and so on and so forth. He's got a lot of Jews working for him. And he likes them, you see. Therefore, that's who he is. You see, I've now told you specifically what I believe he is. That's the underlying concept that really... He's a Mashiach of Edom because he's going to turn Edom around from Yahweh to He's going to purify Edom. Interesting. I realize some people are not going to sit very well with them. What's Yishmuel? You're not going to talk about Yishmuel? No. Yishmuel is different. Yishmuel has a big problem. I, I, I just I mentioned this, you know. You notice one thing. What, is the, what are the Jews called? Odom. You see, it says, Adam kiyomus oil by Poradumo. And Adam, a man, kiyomus oil if he will die in a tent. And then there's, a, how do you purify the, the guy who touches it, and so on and so forth, you know? So Rab Shimon says, Rab Shimon the great Rab Shimon says, Who's this Adam? So he said, It means Jews. Only they can uh, create impurity through what's called a tent. We're not getting into the laws of. Taharis and so on. Atem kriyim Adam. Jews are called Adam. But the Umas Oilim are not called Adam. They're not called Adam. There are reasons. Because Adam means when you are man, that means you resemble Adam Arishan. Adam Arishan had a Neshama of a Yisrael. In the beginning, I once mentioned that the Bershom didn't intend that the Jews should do the Tikkun at all. He gave it to mankind to do the tikkun. It was only after 2,000 years that mankind refused, then they sinned. Then he gave it to Avram Avinu. But until then, any man could do the tikkun, you see. That's why Adam Rishon wasn't Jewish. He didn't have to be. He was the Israel, Because the concept of Israel means he has an Ishama that can do the rectification, the tikkun, you see. So that's Adam. We are Adam, which means we can do the tikkun. We can rectify creation. Because our neshamas are connected to all the five ilamas, five uh, spiritual worlds, you see. Now, who also is called Adam, almost? Edom, isn't he? You ever notice? 
What's, what, what's the difference in spelling between Edom and Adam? The Vav. Right? If you take Adam and you put a Vav in the middle, right? It's not Adam, it's Edom. What does the Vav represent? The Nochosh, the snake. The problem with Edom is the snake. Right? But if you take out the snake, what does he become? Adam. There you are. That's the Ya'avayt Ya'avayt. You see? And as we get, remember what I told you, that the Sutton is dying? What I tell you? I told you the Sutton is dying? Yes? What does that mean? That means the Vav is about to be removed from Edom. What's going to be left? Adam. Wait, no, no, I, I knew something. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> it's a very good question. You got to wait. I can only talk at a certain speed. But you hear what I'm saying? It's interesting. And therefore, he's going to be an Adam. But that means he's going to have to revert back to Ya'avoid. Ya he will serve the younger, you see? But he's an Adam. That shows you that in really intrinsically, he's an Adam. Except he was, the Sutton took him over and became a Russia. The Sutton became his Malach, his angel, if you remember the, in the Chumash. Because the angel of Esau fought Yaakov Avinu. And that was the Sutton who was the angel of Esau. So on, right? So therefore, you add the Vav. But before, after you take out the Vav, it's Adam, Wham, he's back. He, that means, you, you know, so it's funny. He's an Adam with a Snochosh. He can still do the Tikkun. But since he's got the snake in him, it's only where he persecutes the Jew. It's interesting, you know, to look at that let you, word and so on and so forth, you know. Um, but remember, the key idea here is that, that the Sutton is going crazy. Why? You, you, do you see what the opposition to Trump is? It's beyond belief. Obama hates him. Uh, you know, he's campaigning actively against Trump. And they're all trying to vilify him, denigrate him, degrade him, demolish him, destroy him, his reputation. It's a, that's Obama, right? Then you got, of course, Hillary. I mean, she had, in fact, that's the only strategy in her campaign because she, what did she do? She didn't, she, what did she do? She's a completely incompetent person. So all she, her whole strategy in the campaign is to destroy him. Imagine that's all the campaign is all about. Get Trump. You see, who else is against him? The media. It is unbelievable to watch. In fact, it's infuriating. Because how dare they? Their job is journalist. A journalist is supposed to represent both sides without bias. That's what journalism is. What they have become is they're not interested in journalism. They're interested in propaganda. They have become a propaganda machine for Hillary. I mean, whatever happened to journalism? It doesn't exist. But the chutzpah of the media to do that. How dare you do that? Your job is journalism, not to lambast Trump. You know, then quit the New York Times and then do it on your own. But don't call yourself a journalist. It's unbelievable what they're doing. So. They're against him. It's, it's, it's like whatever Trump says, they try to twist and turn. It's just incredible. Then who else is against Trump? The Republicans. It's a whole bunch of Republicans against Trump. Excuse me. He's your nominee. What are you doing? You crazy? Uh, you'd rather have Hillary? The crook? The cheat? The liar? Pathological liar? The incompetent? Who's going to put, I told you, the greatest evil she'll do is she'll put one, all she do is put the balance of the court Liberal, progressive, left, and she's destroyed the United States. Because they're all going to vote. Yeah, homosexuality, of course. By the way, you have a yeshiva. Do you know that you have to put a Rebbe in the yeshiva who's a homosexual? 
It's too bad. Because that's what you understand. You're not to discriminate anymore against a homosexual. You see, so you so you, you, you you could have I me, mean, and not only that, you can have to make him the majgiach of the yeshiva, and he's going to be giving the musash moves. That's next. <laughs> yeah, the bathrooms. They did that already. I, okay, I don't want to mention names, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying without names, but they, not they did it. There was a guy that they, they held him was in the Yeah. And he kept up to his job and he was fighting his wife. Yeah, yeah. But it's only, a, but that's because the Supreme Court has backed off. But all you need to do is give him another liberal and it's over with. They are the great, the Supreme Court is the greatest threat to religion in the United States. They're going to decimate it by making religion do, you're not allowed to discriminate. So you're going to have to have all these guys. What? That that's because of the Supreme Court. Where where did the Supreme Court get a hold of it? Uh, you know, they'll don't worry. They'll interpret the Constitution in such a way where your next mashgiach is a homosexual. I can don't, don't worry about it. You know, what's the end of America? You know why? Because America will be high of misa. Homosexuality. Is what destroyed the is what brought the marble. So destroyed the marble. That's what brought the marble. Homosexuality, right? So therefore, they they they're going to make America chayv misa, subject to the death penalty by God, because God will not tolerate a nation that is homosexual because nobody's populating the earth. What's the what? It's ridiculous what's going on, and that's to be. That's why Rome fell. All of them fell, you know. And as an agav, I might as well say tragically. That's why Louisiana is hit again. We might talk about Katrina, why it happened in 2005, because the Southern Decadence Day was on Wednesday, the storm hit on Monday, went over the levees on Tuesday, and wiped out New Orleans on Wednesday, or even Tuesday, why? Because on Wednesday there's a holiday that they have called Southern Decadence Day, where the police and the whole government doesn't even look what's happening, they look away, and all kinds of perversions and immoralities take place, homosexuality, I didn't want to go into it. Yeah, and so all the all kind of stuff. So Bonsham said, hey, listen, you know, I can't destroy the whole America, but I'm going to destroy all New Orleans, right? And a hurricane is a mini marble. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what's happening now because they're still doing Southern Decadence Day. The Bonsham gave him t- 10 years, 11 years to do tshuva. And they're still doing it. I think it's supposed to happen in the beginning of September, or whatever, Southern Decadence Day. So Bonsham just wiped him out with another mini marble. It's tragic. It's terrible to watch. There's no question about that, you know. But I don't stand these people, you know. They, they're just, there's no, just no fear of God, you know. And uh, it, it's just terrible to watch Louisiana. I can't look at it. The papers can't believe the water is like, you know, who knows how many people have died. and the, the, the loss economically is staggering and so on. But again, it's the same concept. This kind of hurricane, whatever it was, is a mini marble. And again, but what shows you this time that Bonsham is no longer after New Orleans, he's after Louisiana, which shows you that a, a state which is Chayev Misa, why? Because the government looked away. It's no longer private individuals. It's the government that, that legitimatizes by looking away, right? You can do it. They be, that means they Chayev Misa, the whole state. And that's what's happening, you know? And that's what the Supreme Court's going to do. They, and, and, and if America's Chayev Misa, you don't want to even be within um, 5,000 miles of, of America, when the God's gonna go after these guys. He could wipe out the whole America. It's not a big deal. Earthquakes in California, 
know what I'm saying? It, it just it, what God can do is ridiculous to this country and so on, you know. But anyway, that was an aga. But anyway, <coughs> uh, so therefore that this is what happened, you know. Uh, Yishmael has another problem. The problem with America, it's a civilized, it's a civilized country. You know, it, it, the problem with Esau, he's he's civilized because he's an Adam. His problem is that as a civilized man, he does evil. That's his problem. Yishmael is different. Yishmael is not civilized. He's a para-Adam. In other words, he's an Adam, right? But he's a para. He's a wild man. It's an uncivilized person. Who ever heard of a parent, right, telling his kid to commit suicide, to be a shahid, a martyr? This, this is not normal. You know, that, that parents celebrate the death of their kids if their kids kill Jews or whatever. It's your kid. You know, what does a kid know? You know, it's like there was a father pushing his kid into the way of uh, soldiers and say, go in there, you know. He wanted the Israeli soldiers to kill his son. That's not normal. This is not civilization. That's the problem with Ishmael or the Arabs. They're not civilized, you know. I'm not saying all the Arabs are like that. But the ones who lead are not civilized. That's why the Torah calls them para-odom. You see, they're a wild man. It's harder for them to straighten out to become civilized than it is for a civilized person to become more, less evil. It's harder. So their refuah, you know, and I told you there's a message that says Sedoim and Amura is going to be healed. You know, uh, why does it say healed? Why does it say that the Dorosham is going to also put their sins like snow? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Because it's much harder. They got to be, because they, they are much more diseased. What Ace of those who's evil, evil is not a disease. It's a more moral, it's a, it, you can call it a moral disease, but it's not the disease. To be uncivilized is a disease. There's something wrong with your brain. You know what I'm saying? What are you doing? You know? So therefore, they have to be cured. But I don't believe that they will be cured now. I believe that's only at the entrance of Mashiach. And that's significant Yes, yeah. You, and you, yeah, because Yishmael did tshuva, correct, yeah. And also Yishmael, I don't know if you realize that, but Yishmael also was part of the tikkun process. That's why he had 12 sons, 12 tribes. Yishmael himself was part of the Tikkun process. Yeah, that's why he had 12, that's why he had 12 kids. But as I was saying, the reason why Everybody's against Trump. You know why? Because like I said, he's a Mashiach of Edom. And guess what? If the Sultan is dying, who's his greatest agent? His greatest agent is Esau. He's about to lose him. That's why he's going bananas. It's a Sultan going bananas because if Esau Edom has a Tahara, He's going to go crazy because he needs these guys. And no, Esau is still much more powerful than Ishmael. You look, li listen, the world is led by America. Let's not kid ourselves. It's not led by Saudi Arabia or any of these guys. America is the world. You don't realize that, you know? That's why Hillary is so dangerous because if that Supreme Court turns America into an immoral place, then the whole world will follow. America, remember the head of Esau? is the leader of the world, not just the leader of Esau. America is the leader of the world. Everybody looks to America, you know, for fashion, 
economics. Let's face it, America is the greatest nation on earth, you know, and it's the leader of everybody. Everybody looks to America for protection, for security, for economy, everything, you know. So if America is destroyed because of Hillary, the whole world is destroyed. And by the way, that's one of the reasons why I believe that Hillary will lose because the Bolshevism is not going to destroy the world. Because that's the problem. I believe if Hillary gets in, you know, besides, besides all the economic disasters to raise tax and, and, and let in 500, 000, hundreds of thousands and thousands of uh, uh, terrorists and Syrians, I'm not even going into that, but the whole world will be destroyed. Because when America becomes evil and immoral, that's the rest of the world. And I don't believe the Muslim is going to do that. That's one of the ideas that, uh, that prompt me to say Trump will win. In any case, we now understand what the Tahara is, you know, who Trump is, you know, and what, what I believe will happen, you know, uh, because of, because of all, all of these ideas and so on, you know. Why does the Bonshin want to do that? Why does he want to do that? Because I didn't speak about it yet. I only have two more shroom to go, but I'm going to speak about it, you know. Because <clears throat> I, I mentioned that the Mashiach cannot come because if he comes, he's going to reveal a spirituality, an awe, a light, an enlightenment, an illumination that is so unbelievably powerful, it'll kill everybody. Therefore, Jews need a hachono. They need a preparation. They need what's called a rehabilitation. You see, you cannot have a rehabilitation when America is going down the tubes. Can't be. Everybody's so anxious, right? Is so is so worried and so on. You don't have the 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 tranquility to rehabilitate. You need to rehabilitate in a in a good place in a rehabilitation facility. Therefore, America has to be <coughs> has to be able to generate tremendous peace and prosperity, and then in that prosperity, something will happen where there will be a tremendous turnaround of the Jews in America and therefore the entire world in order to rehabilitate them so they can receive the awe of the Mashiach. In fact, the whole world to receive the awe of the Mashiach. That's why. That's why the Muslim, I believe, is going to be Mata America, which means to make America great so that the rehabilitation of the Jews is possible. It always comes back to the Jews. Always, you see. But in order to do that, like I say, you can't rehabilitate in World War II. You know, you can't be rehabilitated in a country that's evil, immoral. How could you do that? You know, and so on. It's impossible. Therefore, peace and prosperity in a country and, f and, and it, that it flourishes and so on has to happen for the rehabilitation process to happen, which must happen in order for the Jews to have the Mashiach. That's why. That's the big. That's a very important uh, statement which I'm saying, which I will explain next week about the whole concept of the Mashiach. He himself has to be rehabilitated, and then the Jewish people have to be rehabilitated too. And then I will speak about in the next year and so on. But anyway, uh, that's why. And I want to just tell you something. You know, one of the major statements that that's how you know something is messianic. It's not always, but it's a very important uh, condition, idea. You know, by David Melech, everybody thought he was a mamza. You know, there's a whole medrash where they thought he was a mamza, right? Familiar with the medrash, whatever, and so on. Anyway, 
So uh, and all of a sudden he well, not only he's not a mamza, he was the king of Israel, Melech Yisrael, which is David Melech Yisrael, and, and so on, which is incredible. So David Melech says something which is profound, and it's really the messianic pattern. What is that pasuk in Hallel, where it says, "Okay, what?" I will thank you and praise you because you answered me and you became my salvation. Okay? The cornerstone, the stone that the builders despised, became the cornerstone of the entire structure. Right? This can only have come about by God, and it is a wonderment in our eyes. Right? So, right? Um, and this is the day that the Bunshim made Nogilo Vinismacha Boy. A messianic figure is always despised. It's interesting. You take a look at Dovan Amelach, right? Even my Shabbat was despised. He had to run away from Parai. Right? He wanted to kill him. So he was despised. You know, he had to run away. Uh, Yosef was despised. Right? Put him in prison. You know, many messianic figures are, they come out of nowhere. You see? Because the Bansham, you know, it's interesting with the way the Bansham works. It's like, <coughs> everybody is expecting the Mashiach to be this incredible tzaddik, incredible godl, unbelievable Talmud Chochem. Yeah, eventually he will be. But he's the guy that you don't even look at twice. That's who a Mashiach is. And you find all the Messianics, the Mashiach and so on and so forth, they were always despised or they were secret, like Yehud and Tama, <coughs> right? And the uh, parrots, you know, became the beginning of the Messianic uh, birth rate and so on. Uh, and he, of course, the, you had parrots from Yehud and Tama, and that was Zima. Or it looked like Zima, which it really wasn't. But anyway, the pattern of Mashiach is always even more See that the, the the stone that the builders despised. <laughs> what? We're on. We're on. Okay. Ah. Anyway, where was I? Um. <clears throat> So that's why, that's why there's such opposition to Trump, because he's about to start something which is a major reversal of the job of Esav, from Yavet Yavet. Now we understand what's going on because what you're going on is, is it's astounding. I, I've never, you've never seen that in any political situation. You know, to such an extent with the media, everybody is against him. Even his own party, Republican Party, a lot of the people, they're just against him, and they're crazy. You know, Kasich and what he called then, and and, um, huh? and Bush, you know, and uh, what he called, uh, it, it, and, well, they, and they all promised that they would support the nominee, and these guys never showed up to the convention. So is that better that Hillary should destroy America? What, what's wrong with these people, you know? That shows you the gaive of these people, the arrogance of these people, you know? Why don't they grow up? They can't forget, they're fuming that he won. You know, and he, and he okay, he, he said things which maybe were not right. You know, look, 
It's a rough campaign, and that's what politics is. I think they're personally scared because he's going to prosecute them. He's going to, if he wins, he'll that, the That's the government. Yeah, that's the government. But I'm, I'm talking about Jeff, Je, Jeb Bush and with yeah, Ted Cruz and Kasich. You know, what a lot of these guys said they would support him, the nominee, and they're not. How foolish can you be, really? <coughs> what is it? Like they can't get over the fact that either they lost or that he offended. He did offend them. There's no question. But then they did it to him. I mean, that's what politics is. You know, like they say, you know, if you can't stand the heat, then get out of the kitchen. You know, it's what it is. You expect that to happen. Anyway. Uh, but remember also, it's not just that Trump has to create a climate of, create a climate of um, uh, peace and prosperity, tranquility. Remember, he also has to do what? He has to protect Israel. That's also. Not only to create a climate to rehabilitate Israel, where they can be rehabilitated and so on. He also is there to protect Israel against the upcoming war with the Arabs and the UN and all these guys. Very, 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 very important. You know, <coughs> you know I have to mention one thing which is always funny. <coughs> Trump does have a problem. It's very hard for him to uh, suffer insults. Very hard, mm -hmm. you know. Even when he really, so don't respond, forget about these guys, these guys are nobodies, you know. Look, he's got problems, whatever it is, you know. That's his problem, you know. So what does he do? He, def he, he openly goes against them, even, even if it's not appropriate. But I want to tell you something, which people do not understand. So people look at him and say, what's wrong with you? What are you doing that? You know, hey, so forget that guy, so he insulted you, big deal. Don't look at him, get on with the campaign. But he can't. Very hard for him. Maybe now he w won't, won't do that anymore because I think he's really on the right track. But people don't understand. The reason why the Russian chose him, you see, is because he's so sensitive to that type of insult. And therefore he will defy anybody. That's his Milo. That's his virtue. People don't understand. God needs a guy that's going to stand up to the world, to the United Nations, to Europe. To everybody, you know, you need what's called the machutzah, chutzpah, and he's got it in spades. That's exactly what his virtue is. So the fact that he all of a sudden went, uh, you know, butted heads with the, the guy, the Muslim, where his kid died, which is unfortunate. I mean, the kid is really a hero, his son and so on, you know. Okay, so he butted heads with the guy. So on one side, hey, what are you doing, guys, you know, and so on, whatever, you know. The truth is he didn't really do that. He said the guy was a hero. Uh, whatever he just felt the other guy was uh, biased and so on the father uh, but the main idea is that this display of incense of of inability to suffer an insult is exactly why he's the main guy for the candidate that he's a candidate because that chutzpah that inability to see wrong he can't suffer he cannot tolerate it so if he can't even tolerate it with some local guy, you know, and, and, you know, speaking out against him, could you imagine some country that's going to really try to do something bad against America? Or somebody that he believes in, like Israel, and they're going to try to do something against Israel? Could you imagine what Trump is going to do? People don't understand. That's exactly what his virtue is. Interesting. It's just what's called exactly the reverse of what people understand. Because they don't understand really what, what's, what's about to happen and why Trump is there. Anyway, 
So that's a very, very important concept, uh, which is what I just said and so on. Um, It's something else which is very important, which I will say, you know. <clears throat> what is happening, you now understand a certain context of what's happening. That Aesop is going to have a tahara to allow many things to happen. And the tahara is going to go from Yahweh to inflict pain on the Jews to Yahweh to serve the Jews. Which means that, like I said, that Trump in many ways is a messianic figure for Edom, of course not for the Jews, because he's going to reverse a great deal of things in America. But what does that mean? What it means is something which is astounding. If what I'm saying is true, you know, and I want to tell you something up front, I don't know what the Russian is going to do. He doesn't speak to me. You know, not, you know, and I have no idea. We don't, no, nobody really knows, because the problem is, only a novi can know. And the problem is that, you know, if a person sins or whatever, that can alter the whole course of history. You know, if major Jews sin, that alters the whole zero, the whole course of history, and all of a sudden God chooses another path. So ultimately, we don't really know. But, I, but all I'm, what I want to explain is that if Trump wins, which I believe he will, this is the underlying Ashkafa, as far as I'm concerned. But what's also important is if I am right that this is the underlying Ashkafa, if Edom is about to have a Tahara, could you imagine the Jews? That means we're witnessing the beginning of the redemption. Sounds interesting. That means if he wins, and I believe he will, that means the messianic process is starting. Because the first one to have a Tahara is Edom. And then the next one is the, is the Jews. Okay? That, that's a, a staggering concept. And now you understand what's going on. <clears throat> to what period of history is that <coughs> similar? You know what it's similar to? When the Jews got out of Egypt, they were about to cross the Red Sea. And the Medrash tells us, Chazal, that there was an enormous court case in heaven where the Sultan was trying to stop the, his Egyptians from dying and the Jews from getting out because that was the beginning of the messianic uh, the gula, the, the redemption and the Jews are going to go through the Red Sea receive the Torah and if you remember that Torah was the, Rish, the Orishim and Moshe Rabbeinu was Meshach ben Yosef this was the end and the Satan was going bananas because he knew what was about to happen so he was Makatrig, he prosecuted where he said the following in court right before Kriya Samsov he said wait a minute the Egyptians worship idols, that's true. But the Jews also worship idols. They worship idols. And they worship idols. Why do you want to save the Jews and destroy my people, the Egyptians? Interesting. Why was he so adamant? Because this was the beginning of redemption. That's why. And he was going absolutely bananas. You see. This is what's happening now. If I'm correct, and this is the Hashkofa of the end, that's why everybody's against Trump. Because it's not them only, it's the Sutton and also the Malach of Yishmuel 
because he's going to demote the Arabs and so on, right? They're going crazy. So they're unleashing all their forces, Obama, Hillary, the UN, or whatever, the media, right? The Republicans. It's like, it's like, it's like a complete desperate attempt to destroy this man that will begin to usher in a whole different period of time for the Jews. It's the end. This is exactly equal to Kriya Samsov. That's why you're seeing an ongoing, incredibly intense onslaught of this man, which is abnormal. I mean, you see it. It never happened. In, it had never. This has never happened in American history. Well, what is going on today? What? Nothing matches this. Nothing like this. I mean, if that man says anything, they take it and twist it where they degrade the guy. It's, it's unbelievable. Like Goldwater was also like this. This is beyond belief. The 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 the, the uh, what do you call it? the the. Uh, the uh, Lush and Hara, it's really what it is, the Maitzah Shemra, the slander, the, the, the lies, and so on and so forth, that is being said now is beyond belief. With everybody, not just Hillary and Obama. I mean, Obama has to lose his whole legacy. And Hillary, of course, is going to lose her claim to fame, the, the, the maniacal power, you know, and so on. And now, I want to tell you something. You know, it's great for Hillary, you know why? Until now, she sold her office. It's pay for play, you know? You want a favor? Yeah. Okay, I have a foundation. $20 million to get your favor from the Secretary of State. That's what she was doing, you know? Could you imagine what she's going to do when she's president? Mm -hmm. If this is what she did when she's Secretary of State, right? And she was endangering herself. She was, because it's illegal. You know, it's incredible. It's a conflict of interest. It's corruption of her office. She was selling her office to the highest bidder. <coughs> I shouldn't say the highest bidder, to any bidder. Could you imagine what she's going to do when she's president? It's going to be a wholesale sale. It's going to say government for sale, right? All you have to do is give money to my foundation, and you're in. We will give you money, State Department, this, funds, defense, you name it. We'll give you everything. Just hand over the cash to my foundation. People don't understand that. They're stupid. If this is what she did as a Secretary of State, which, which is how much power does she really have? As president, it's a wholesale sale. That's what it's going to be. And they still don't care. But anyway, we understand why, what's going on. Because I believe we are looking at a, a time period that this is the beginning of something incredibly significant for the Jewish people. And that's what's very important. And if therefore, if I am right, there is a way to stop Hillary. There's a way. Oh, because let's go back. Let's go back to Kriya Samsov. God revealed the way. What was that way? It says in the Medrash that the Jews were redeemed from Egypt. Not, it says because they didn't speak, they kept their language, their dress, and their names. But that's not why they were redeemed. That was, that's what made them Jews. That's, therefore, they still had the identity Jew. If they didn't have that, they wouldn't even be Jewish, they'd just be Egyptians. So therefore, they had to retain the status of Jew. Fine. But what got them out is no Lashon Hara. The Medrash says three times, The only reason why the Jews got out of Egypt, There was nobody in the Jewish people that spoke Lashon Hara. Now forget about why. 
But it was because they didn't speak Lashon Hara. Why? Because the Sultan was up there screaming, you can't let him out. Why? Because they were supposed to be at 10 years. They had 109 years missing. What are you doing? So what the Barsham needed is if you talk Lashon Hara, you initiate the judicial court. I'm getting into the whole thing. That's what happens. When you talk Lashon Hara, all of a sudden, the court takes a look at your cases. You initiate the judicial procedure. So therefore, the bar- but if you don't talk Lashon Hara, it's very difficult for the Sultan to prosecute you. So therefore, if the Jews did not speak Lashon Hara, there's no Kitrugim, you see. All of a sudden, then God could take them out, even though they're 190 years short. You see? Are you going to tell me, wait a minute, so then why was there a whole argument in heaven that these worship idols and these worship idols? How'd that start? And the answer is because the Jews began talking on Shinar, Kriya Samsev. They were saying, what, there was no graves in Egypt that you had to take us out? They were slandering God Moshe Rabbeinu. So that little amount of slander provoked or invoked the whole judicial process, which was the Sutton saying, they worship idols and they, you see? So what did Moshe Rabbeinu say? Unbelievable. Now you understand. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, his Yatsvuru, watch, it's Yeshua's Hashem, the salvation of God. Hashem Yelochem Yochem. You stand back. God will fight for you and the Atem Tachrishon. Be silent. What do you mean be silent? What is this? What's that going to do? If they're silent or not? Because if you're not silent, you're going to talk Lashon Hara. And if you talk Lashon Hara, the guy's not going to stop. And because he's right in justice, because they do worship idols, you guys are not going to get through the Kriya Samsev. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, incredible. He gave the advice. Don't talk Lashon Hara. Shut up. I hope nobody hears this. You hear what he said? Yatam Tachrishim. It's astounding what Moshe said, because he's right. If the Jews only got out because they didn't speak Lashon Hara, they don't stop. They're not getting out. So that's what he said. Be silent. Stop with the Lashon Hara. No Kitrugim, and you're out. You're redeemed. <coughs> Therefore, <coughs> if that's true, if somehow something will happen that the Jews won't speak Lashon Hara, the Sultan will stop his Ketrugim and Trump will win. Don't ask me how that's going to happen, although I have an idea. But anyway. What? Yes, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. It's very popular. Yeah, maybe. Just now, even more now, they have something even more that make a physical in not speaking Lashon Hara. When? In the Tisha event? Well, they had a convention. No, but I'm saying, but some lady now... Three days, she got six thousand people to six thousand from you to join in together. Can you make a couple not to talk? Lashon We're Hara. in Lakewood, uh, all over. The world, yeah. Who's this? I, I just some some Yeah, so it's, you, you, we don't realize if, if Jews do not speak Lashonara, you know, I believe Trump is in. The Atem Tachrishon. It sounds weird. You know what's going to happen? The Jews are going to say, "Wait, a minute, is that true? I want Hillary. I'm going to talk all the Lashonara I want." I'm afraid that's going to happen. What? They're doing already. Yeah, I know. They're doing it already. But I, I just want to put you only like the Torah mm-hmm. gives the refuah, the remedy of how to bring them Shiach. Because that's exactly, remember what it says, Behold, I will redeem you 
in the end, just like I redeemed you in the beginning. How did God redeem us? Because no lush and harm. And that's also, and that's by the way why Shemiras and Lushan is all over the place. Same idea. Because the Bosham needs clients will not to talk Lashanara. So even though the Jews really don't deserve to get out, he's got to stop the prosecutions and Bemo, the Jews will have redemption. Why do you think there's such a, a tremendous awareness and consciousness of Lashanara today? You think it's an accident? Of course not. It's in order to get the Bosham is trying to get the Jews to prosecute and you guys will get out. That's why there's a tremendous movement since 1985. Tremendous movement, consciousness, and awareness to stop Lashanara. You don't realize this is by design, this is by divine, um, divine design. That's why Jews all of a sudden, it never happened before. Think about that. Kovetz Chaim wrote his book in 1871. That's when he wrote his book. Or 1873, I'm talking about the I'm not talking about the Mishnah Baruch, right? So how come that that's that's 130, that's 140 years ago, right? What what happened? How come there's no movement then? So there's a divine assistance, unbelievable. I'm telling you what's real, by the way. This isn't fake. This is a real McCoy. The reason why there's a movement of Shmuel Saloshim, right, is in order to stop the Satan to bring the redemption. And I'm hoping it's working. The Atam Tachrishim, you see? And therefore, I'm hoping that will stop. No Ketrugim, and all of a sudden, Trump will win, begin that process, and the rehabilitation starts, and Bemo, we are at the beginning of the end. Does Tachrishim always mean he, he 